Hi, this is Carla from Artifier, and I'm very happy to be here with you today. Hey, this is Marks, and you're listening to Into This. Into This is my podcast. Welcome to it. In this podcast, I talk about contemporary art, and I do that through conversations with people involved in it. Today, I have a great conversation with Carla Rojas. Carla Rojas is a Toronto-based marketing and communications professional specialized in developing strategies to promote art and entertainment. She works in the entertainment industry, mainly, ranging from films, festivals, live concerts, and TV shows in different capacities. She has been collaborating with companies you know, such as Netflix, Universal, and the National Film Board of Canada. I was very interested to talk to Carla because in 2019, she launched Artifier.net, which is a platform created with a mission to help make art more accessible and to serve as a hub for the local art scene in Toronto. In addition to running Artifier, she currently works as a social media manager and content strategist for documentary films. Carla is a big art enthusiast and a very active member of the contemporary art scene in Toronto. What is interesting here is that she didn't just stop there. What she did was to put together her expertise in communications plus her love for the arts. And she created a personal blog in which she would document all the shows that she would visit. And then that became later on artifier.net which is now a directory in which you can find where things are happening, right? And in that way, what she did and what she's trying to do still today is to bring the community at large closer together with the community of the contemporary arts, which, as we all know, it's probably not very easy, but is worth trying. So she's trying to create this space in which you don't have to be an expert or you don't have to know everybody in the contemporary arts for you to feel welcomed. Also, as part of her new website, artifier.net, which uh, you will hear more about it, she'll talk about it in the interview. There's a section, a new section that is called Flash Interview, uh, where she interviews people in the community doing different things, some businesses, some uh, art-related um, interviews, and she invited me. So um, I'm really happy to be part of that project as well. And yeah, so I, I hope that you learn a little bit more about Tap Art Space and, and the podcast and uh, everything through artifier.net, which again, I suggest you to check it out. Okay, so this is the interview we recorded a few weeks back. This is me and Carla Rojas talking. So we're going to do it in English, but we can also do it a little bit in Spanish. I think that'll be fun. Okay. How are you? Hi, I am very happy to be here with you. Thank you for inviting me. Of course, it's a pleasure. I, I would love to have you over here. You know, it's so much better when it's face to face, but it's a pandemic. So <laughs> <laughs> not, not only that, honestly, doing it over Zoom has opened a lot of opportunities also for me in the podcast because, you know, you can talk to people that are far away. Unfortunately, we're probably a few blocks away. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, but I totally hear what you what you mean. Now the globe, like the entire world is your um, scenario. So it's amazing. 
Yeah, it, it, it opens up opportunities, but I like a lot the local idea. You know, I like to talk to people that are doing things around me, basically around where we are and in the community that we're trying to enter, right? So um, I'm really happy to be talking to you, Carla. Thank you. How are you doing through the pandemic? How are things? Um, in general, okay. I yeah. think uh, what I do here for a living is digital marketing specifically for documentary films so everything has shifted to the online world and i felt burnt out like like it's it's crazy i'm very thankful for for the opportunity that i have to be working in this area but at the same time it gets really intense yeah. So overall, I'm fine, but you know, like with these ups and downs, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess, yeah. I mean, the film industry in general has suffered a lot because there's no theaters, right? Mm-hmm. So, how are you guys doing in general? Are documentaries being released over streaming apps? Yes, it was particularly confusing at the beginning of the pandemic because no one really knew what to do or what was the way to go. And I think lots of festivals have adapted to it and kind of like seen what has worked for previous organizers. And yeah, so the festivals have gone online and in some locations, wherever there is, you know, the possibility to do a live screening, then we do that. But for the most part, everything has been online events, online screenings, and just that, just letting people know what's going on. As I just said, I like to get a sense of, you know, who around the community where, you know, wherever we are living or working, I like to know who are participating in the community of the contemporary arts, right? And it was really interesting when we moved to Toronto, me a couple of years ago, my wife just a, a year ago. Um, it was really interesting to find your blog and and your your website because you know it was a great way to really kind of like see w- what was happening and where things were happening and all of that <laughs> so how did that happen for you because obviously i mean you are involved in the contemporary arts but perhaps you're not producing it you're part of it in a satellite kind of way how did that happen that's so interesting for me yes um so i think that the key word over here is I, I'm not an artist, but I'm right. interested in knowing what is going on. And I, the way that it all happened was a couple of years ago, I was working at OCAD University and I was part of the faculty of design and I was doing all the communications, internal communications. And, you know, professors and students would come to me and be like, hey, I have this show coming up. Can you tell mm. everyone about it? I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, fine. And to me, it started to be very evident that there was not a centralized place where people would be available to find out what was going on. So that was kind of like what started everything in my, in my head. And then eventually my position was um, erased from the, from the faculty and it gave me the opportunity to experiment a little bit more and dabble. And I'm like, okay, so what do I want to do? And I gave myself um, this was January 2018. I gave myself the project to visit an art gallery each week and documented right. on my blog, my personal blog that I had at the time. Right. And that was the whole idea. Go to a show, document it, and then maybe by the end of the year, you you will know a little bit better what's going on. Right, right. And by week number four or five, this idea of, oh, I cannot, I don't know where to look for it. 
Yeah. And so I'm like, no, 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 no. I I think that I know how to make this happen. And so, of course, there are, you know, other pages where you go and see some of the events, but just some of the events. Yeah. And then there are these hidden galleries here and there. Mm -hmm. And only if you know the people who are going to those galleries, you know what's going on. I'm like, no, this is so cool. (laughs) People need to know about this. And I think that that is what I want to do. I want to to tell people about the art world in this, you know, exciting way. Yeah. Because I am not an academic and I'm not trying to be an art critic because there's so many smart people out there mm-hmm. who know a lot of what's going on. Mm-hmm. But what I want to do is that I want to tell people, not just artists, but I want to tell more people about mm-hmm. what is going on in their local art scene and yeah. tell them, God, this is super exciting. Come check it out. It's super cool and it's happening here. Right. And that's what I want to do. Right. That's fantastic. And what has been the uh, the reception of your efforts with the website? Have you reached the community of the people that you would like to, to reach? Oh, my God. It's, <laughs> oh, my God. This is... Um, I realized very early on <laughs> that I was going to have not just one challenge, but three big yeah. challenges. Because I have the daunting task to talk to gallery owners and curators and, you know, like this part of the art world. Then I also have the artists who are producing the art, but then I also have the people that are not familiar with what's going on and I want them to know about it. So how do you merge or translate? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How do you make it appealing to a wider audience without diluting what the artist is trying to say and without you know because at the end of the day the galleries also want to go to reputable places and you know and you know like be part of the conversation in this you know big art magazines and stuff right so it's been hard particularly um there because i am not you know doing art criticism so right right but i do think that a few galleries know that this thing that I'm trying to do has, you know, potentially um, the power to attract younger audiences mm-hmm, or different mm-hmm. audiences, if anything. Mm-hmm. So all in all, the community has been very supportive and it's it's just like a snowball, I think, right? So it's just, and it's iterating and it's been adapting. And I feel like I am finding my footing and being more comfortable with my voice, which I wasn't at the beginning. Right. Um, and it's it's just that. It's just understanding that it's a work in progress. Right. I really like that idea and the conversation in general about what commercial galleries or in general contemporary art spaces and you can group together, you know, the art galleries and maybe some museums and some spaces that are independent as well. I always have in mind that conversation of who are we serving one mm-hmm. you know, who who is this for you know what are we trying to accomplish with this and mm-hmm. then within that is like who do you reach out to right so who do you invite to come to these places what do you want it for so one of the uh, 
pieces that I can share with you. For instance, for us, you know that we run this small space and it's in an alleyway. And mm -hmm. really the only way for people to, to know about it, if they are like just walking around, is basically pass by when we are open. There's no other way. Or when it's closed, it's a garage. You would never know yeah. that there's something happening there, right? And so just the neighbors, when they walk by and they see that we're doing something, quote unquote, weird, right? <laughs> they come in and say like, what's going on? And they love it. They mm -hmm. love it. And I think there's a lot of responsibility from people that are putting together all these things, art galleries and, you know, small art spaces, and even, you know, in, in a different level, uh, museums and, and institutions from other echelons to reach out. I mean, you see a lot of perhaps marketing in the city uh, regarding perhaps the AGO or uh, another museum or something like that. But it's really hard to run a campaign like that for a commercial gallery. I think it's uh, it's probably yeah. very costly, right? And also, I'm not sure that that's the actual segment of the market that they are trying to to get, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's always it, it gets a little bit philosophical. That's what I'm, oh, that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. I think that also what I wanted to do when I, you know, for the first iteration of Artifier, I wanted to create like a leveler, right? Where right. AGO could be with, you know, this independent gallery with this independent art space and give the same opportunity for people to discover both mm -hmm. of them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like now with this current situation, it's different, but I think my approach is still the same. I think people need to know about the small, the big, the commercial, the experimental galleries, and then just be more comfortable going to to these shows because yeah. I think that people like the reason why not everyone is very interested in, in, in art is because they find it intimidating oh, or like, sure. Oh, I have to understand this or this sure. other thing. Yeah. And, and the more that you experiment and the more that you go visit, you realize that everything is not set in stone and you are, you know, well, you, you are welcome to have your own opinions yeah. and everything is valid and it's amazing. Oh, totally. And I think it's a, it's a shared responsibility. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it, it can not only be from the spaces and the galleries, you know, they're trying to attract people in. I mean, there, there has to be a little bit of a will to mm -hmm. go in and experiment and expose yourself and feel vulnerable to things that maybe you've never seen before. Right. And you'll say like, what the hell is this? And it's like, mm -hmm. I have no clue. And I think that vulnerability allows for more things to happen. Right. But the reality though, is that And maybe, you know, people won't agree, but I think that a lot of the commercial galleries and specifically contemporary commercial galleries, they are actually intending to look intimidating and to look that are serving for a specific, you know, segment of yeah. the population, right? So I think there's a little bit of that kind mm -hmm. of like un untold truth that is like, yeah, yeah I mean, you kind of need to know what's going on. And you need to be in this circle so that you can access it completely feeling yourself. I've been only involved for maybe four or five years. At the beginning, I, I would feel like that. Sometimes I would walk into a gallery and I'd be like kind of shy, first of all, because I'm not <laughs> sure if I'm doing it right. right. <laughs> It's like, am I walking in the right you know, places? Am I touching things that I shouldn't? You know, things like that, right? Am I wearing the right outfit? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I don't look like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I think um, 
it, it is a, 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 like a hidden thing. And I don't know whose responsibility is to, or if there is a responsibility, to try to open up a little bit these conversations to a wider audience. Now, obviously, if you are considering jumping into the more commercial aspect of this, you need to create a little bit of a different strategy, right? Because in the end, you need collectors, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? And so it, it cannot be an ask for everybody and for all the commercial galleries to do that because they have an agenda, right? Yeah. And so, uh, but honestly, it's so fantastic the uh, the initiative that you have. And um, I think I think we talked in the past about uh, there's this app in, that I normally use when I go to New York City to visit shows uh, when it's I can. CISO. It's yeah, CISO. I love that thing. Obviously, there's some editorial choices, right? Mm -hmm. Which um, I wanted to ask you about that too. So. Do you have a way to choose or or it's kind of like open for everybody? How does that work? Here's the thing. Um, <laughs> when I first started, you know, thinking about creating a platform for the local art scene, Cecil was one of the first apps that I discovered. And I actually went to New York and I tried it and I'm like, okay, this is cool. I do find that having an app becomes also a little exclusive because right. if you have the app then you then you know what's going on but if you don't have the app then how do you know mm -hmm. so that is the reason why i didn't go the app way um and i wanted to have a platform that was really inclusive now everyone you know in every gallery would have the opportunity to be part of it because i think that people would need to you know have the opportunity to know they exist but then the way that i am featuring the works on you know especially on instagram it is yeah there's a bit of an editorial point of view mm -hmm. but i am trying not to and i feel like i'm starting to feel more comfortable with this idea of me being a curator in a sort of way right although i you know like I'm saying this very loosely because I feel like a curator is, you know, like it, it is a completely different thing. But at the same time, I do feel like I have an editorial guideline, I guess, whenever I am featuring, an, a, you know, an artist or a gallery. And at the moment, it is based on a sensibility, right. and a personal sensibility and also a sense of urgency. Like if there is mm. something that's, happening this week and it's you know relevant in the world and and you know i feel like that does not that deserves but that is important to showcase yeah. at the time yeah. right so it is a combination of things um and it, of course like that process has been refined over the over the years totally totally and, and i think it's impossible to separate i mean really yeah. i mean it's impossible to separate your call it sensibilities, um, interests or whatever to a lot of the things that you produce. So it's, um, but it was it, very hard for me at the beginning. Cause I'm like, who am I? If I am right. not an artist, why, like, why would people care about what I say <laughs> it's important or not? Yeah. And it was a real issue. Like what people, you know, when you talk about imposter syndrome, that was a big one, a yeah. big one. And then the more that I, you know, dabble into the art world, I realized that whether I like it or not, it is a sensibility mm -hmm. that I mm -hmm. happen to 
have, I guess. Yeah. And then that, you know, process of streamlining this, let's talk about sculpture, but then also let's talk about painting and then let's talk about installation and then this experimental thing. And then just the way that I am talking about more things than, how can I say this? It's not my collection. It is it is not about me. It is what I'm, what I think is relevant for the community, right. and I yeah. just have and I just happen to come across this information, and I'm just dissecting it and putting it out there. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, it resonates a lot with what a lot of artists answer to me when I ask them, "What does it mean to be a contemporary artist these days?" Mm-hmm. And what they say is, you know, they want to be part of the conversation. They want to be part of what's happening. Not mm-hmm. only, you know. Not about technique, not only about technique, not only about the concept, but what's happening in the world, what's happening in the art world, what's happening in, mm-hmm. in you know, and so you have to be really connected and it takes work, yeah, <laughs> right? It takes a lot of hours. I think that's what you've been doing. You know, it's kind of like taking the temperature of what's happening in the, in the art community, right? So let me ask you, you do write some pieces for, for the blog still, or how does it work? So um, just this week, we've relaunched the site and i have started officially a blog section okay but before that it was the whole intention of artifier was to be a directory of art events and art galleries and that that's about it and then last year when the pandemic started i i had been curious about creating content Mm -hmm. and then the opportunity presented itself and it's been a time you know, to experiment. So I, I started this short series of interviews with artists that we called yeah. Remote Art Talks. Mm-hmm. And then I like I was shocked that people were really interested in knowing what was happening and how the artists, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, how we were all going through and experiencing isolation. Yeah. Yeah. So CBC Arts featured it and included in the roundup of the best art talks in the country and stuff. And I was Fantastic. Congratulations for that. Thank you. But I did not expect it. I just really inserted myself into the conversation and just it ended up happening. But I think that the the, the key is that I am not trying to push my agenda. Mm -hmm. I'm just, Mm -hmm. I think that I want to, what I want to do is that I want to ask questions and then let the artist, you know, have that space. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I hear what you're saying because there's, there's not too many opportunities for that. You know, there's, there are, there are not too many chances for those voices to be heard in a, what I want to say is like, there's no agenda. There's not going to be anybody there, you know, guiding the conversation. It's like, just, just do it real, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of need for that for sure. Yeah. Um, I think that right now my approach where things are right now is that I want to talk to more people about art. And I think that that's been the the very premise since the beginning of this. I want this to be a platform to talk about art, but to people who might, not just the people involved in the arts, but to a wider audience. And so what I'm trying to do right now is to combine a little bit of lifestyle with art and so I'm starting to to open the conversation with, you know, creatives in other fields and maybe have an architect talk a little bit about their work and mix it with art and then also invite a local shop and just create this community yeah. and, and this space where people from, you know, working across different disciplines 
you know, they have this also this sensibility in common, right? And then these interests in common, but there is not a way to put them together. And I I am experimenting with that at the moment. For sure. I personally, um, I can see the reflection of my own involvement in the art in that since, you know, I'm, I'm also mm -hmm. not an artist. I was not really, quote unquote, educated in, say, university. But, um, but it's something that if you're interested, you can definitely get into it and explore it. And there's mm -hmm. no guidelines, right? I mean, th there's no right way or wrong way of approaching it. It's it's very free like that. And so I, I feel identified in what you say in terms of like, you know, other people have the same sensibility, despite of the fact that they're perhaps not super involved in the community. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's that's fantastic that you're kind of like casting the net wide so that you can get some more uh, inputs and some more opinions that are very valuable because, you know, it's people that are around. So it's why do you leave them aside? You know, it's it's kind of like yeah. that exclusive thing that we were talking about earlier. Right. I think that the role that I also want to play within this whole conversation is just to open the door to more people and to make them curious about what else is going on. And yeah. then they can go into the galleries and then they can go in and read more about art criticism and stuff. But I want to be that entry way, right? Yeah. So so that's that's it. That's fantastic. I mean, that's, that's great. Have you thought about doing this in a more targeted way, perhaps when in like schools or things like that, where there's a lot of, you know, students and young people that can be... Um, you know, exposed to this, this kind of things? Is that, is that ever a, an idea? I don't know. Like, I do think that there, there is a way to, to do something together, but I haven't really put a lot of energy into it, mm -hmm. especially because I, I haven't really found the formula that I, or my approach And because I used to work at OCAD, I think right. that I understand as well a little bit of the dynamics. Yeah. And I haven't found a way that would be completely attractive, like, you know, for maybe them. But then also, I think there are other schools that are doing interesting work that are not necessarily OCAD, right? Right, so right. I, I, I don't know. I think that maybe it gives you know, some room for a series or maybe some interviews or some, some sort of collaboration. I am not really sure about that. It is something that I would like to explore. Definitely. Um, but I, I do need to, to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. I mean, it, it requires time. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. So is the job at OCAD the first job you had in Canada? No. No? So <laughs> when, when do you move to Canada? Let's start from there. <laughs> Yes, I, I moved from Mexico City <laughs> right back in 2014. Okay. And I had been, I actually, <laughs> I was studying journalism back in Mexico, but I, but I really wanted to be a filmmaker. So okay. I took some workshops and I started working in the film industry, film festivals and all of that. And I had some crises, like identity crises mm. when I was 24. I'm like, what do I want to do with all of this? <laughs> And I realized that I really enjoyed this culture, art, entertainment aspect, but I really enjoyed the strategy of marketing. Uh -huh. and, and, and there was a program here in Toronto, uh, Seneca College, that was event marketing for sports, art, and entertainment. 
So I moved here back in 2014 and the year of the Pan Am Games, I was here and we were doing 2015, some right? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And no, my first job right out of the program was working for Canada's Walk of Fame. Ooh. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was, that was interesting. And, and after that, I was working for CBC a little bit. CBC okay. Docs, and then from there I I went to OCAD. Oh, great! And, and so, why Toronto? I mean, you're in Mexico <laughs> City. You're doing your journalism thing. Where were you studying in Mexico City? La UNAM, the uh -huh. National University. Yeah, uh, yeah, Mexico. Yeah, and not the central campus. I was in one of the satellite campus that okay. was kind of like forgotten somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Was it at least close to you? I know the Mexico City is like so huge, right? So that's that's a, the reason why I chose it because right. it was close to where exactly. I live. It's part of the currency. It's like where mm -hmm. do you live? Where do you work? Yeah. <laughs> it takes you three hours or to you get know. yeah, <laughs> at least an hour yeah. and a half for sure. Wow, are you from Mexico City? Were you born there? I, I I'm from Mexico City. Mm -hmm. I never really lived in Mexico City. I lived in the outskirts of Mexico okay. City. Okay. So now that I moved to Toronto, I live in downtown Toronto and I'm very happy commuting, you know, like 20 minutes commute. So I'm very, very happy. So yeah. I feel like I paid my, my Your dues. karma. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> before. And I think that I didn't answer your previous question. And mm -hmm. the reason why I moved to Toronto, I mean, I fell in love with the city, but really the very first time that I, I visited was maybe almost 20 years ago mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. my aunt and my cousin moved here and okay. I came here to visit. And then my cousin introduced me to one of her friends. And then this friend and I we were like 16 or 17 at the time. And it's like, oh, hi. And he's like, <laughs> oh, hi. <laughs> and so we were kind of dating, you know, long distance. And he yeah. would go visit and I would come back and... And I became really familiar with Toronto to the right. point that whenever I was in Mexico and I was having like a terrible day, my mind would always be like, oh, you need to be in Toronto. You stink. You're in right. Toronto right now. Right. And it just became that thing. I, I love Mexico City, but I also feel very comfortable here in Toronto in a mm -hmm. way that I never, um, that was never like that for me in Mexico. Although I love Mexico, but it is yeah. a different personality. Totally, totally. So what do you think? What do you think is that? What is that difference that you think that fits you better? Do you think it's like Toronto or you think it's Canada as a whole, or the whole structure yeah. and how things work? Because I'm Mexican too. I mean, I think mm -hmm. I understand what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like, I think in Canada in general, but I cannot speak about that very right. openly because I, I've lived in Toronto, mm -hmm. you know, for almost a decade now but but i don't really know what the differences are right anywhere else uh what i can tell you is that i really like the um, i don't know things that to me are very basic were never respected in mexico city mm -hmm. and that would drive me crazy mm -hmm. and here i feel like at least there is you know there's lots of things that are not perfect but at least you feel like the community is aware that things are not perfect and they strive to, you know, be more inclusive, take it as you may, right? Versus, I, I feel like in Mexico, we make fun of things and yeah. then because we make fun of things, then we, 
quote unquote acknowledge they exist, but we never really try to yeah. fix it. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. There's that comedic way of making sense of things that mm-hmm. it gets confused with uh, cynicism. I think you know, it's like yeah. that's the way things are, right? And yes. like, yeah, we know it. We make fun of it. I'm not going to change. But what it. are you going to do? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I think I, I do, I do hear that. My take as well. It's very similar to yours. Um, it's just in the sense that there are some different priorities. You know, mm-hmm. so in totally. Mexico, you know, uh, the priorities are survive. Survive. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. <laughs> I mean, it sounds horrible, but it's true. And and we also make fun of that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I talk to my mom all the time. She lives there. And, and you know, it, it's, a, it's a thing that I'm always like, be, you know, be careful, like, you know, take, take care of yourself and all that. And she's like, mm-hmm. you know what? I have to live my life. Like, if something's going to happen. Like that, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? I mean, I, at some point you have to make kind of like pieces with that as well. Yeah. Or else you're going to live in fear. Right. So, and, and mm-hmm. I think. I am excellent at living in anxiety. <laughs> That's my mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> I, you know what? You know what? This is crazy. But when I was in, in Mexico, you know, I lived my entire life in Mexico. You get used to living with that adrenaline, if you yeah. want to call it like that. And, yeah. and just being suspicious of everyone that's around you right. and be like, no, 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 I'm just being careful. And when I moved here, I was living in Markham, the very first I think the the first year and a half I was living in Markham because it was closer to Seneca. And I remember <laughs> I went to Mexico that Christmas. And when I came back, I I noticed how tense I was because I was able to relax over here. And when I was there, I was just like tense, tense, tense. And I came back and I was looking at the, you know, the man that was walking like the, the, the in the other blog across the street. And I was like, who is this guy? Why is he following me? And he was not following yeah. me. But I realized that I had been conditioned to have that as a survival mechanism and that that was not right. But it's just something that you have to do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's a way of living, right? If you don't do that in Mexico, if you don't have that kind of like high level of awareness, awareness, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you are at fault. Like it's your fault. Like you have to. So I first moved to Montreal. Uh, I Mm -hmm. lived in Montreal for almost 10 years. I remember walking at night from school to my apartment and being with friends and I will always be like looking back right so you you walk at night and you're looking back to see who's behind you to mm-hmm. just be aware of the environment right and they will they will always ask like are you waiting for somebody like are you like are you you know <laughs> is somebody that you know coming behind you what's what's going on and so I, I explained this and they were like what are you talking about you know it's like I mean I still think it is important to be aware I think so but not to the extreme that yeah. we were conditioned to before <laughs> it's necessary but no so mm-hmm. I mean obviously it's a uh, it's our country right and it will it, it will mm-hmm. always be but I do also remember the time when I went uh, to Mexico for vacations and I came back and in the airport at the airport the officer said welcome back home yes. And that fucked me because I was like, I don't know what that is anymore. So when I go to Mexico, I start to see a lot of things that I never saw before, you know, mm-hmm. realize and, and all those, whatever you want to call them, like uh, cultural things and also unfortunate things. They became so 
evident, you know, all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's like, oh shit, like this, this is what happens here. And then you come back here and you're kind of like also in the middle of things, right? I mean, even though this is a super welcome community mm-hmm. and it's built from immigrants like you and I, it also feels like you are, you know, forging your path, you know, For sure. to be like from here. So it's kind of like a weird thing that you're kind of like in the middle, right? I I have a couple of ideas here. So when I first moved here, although I had been meaning to come here for the longest time, everything felt like I was not part of the community. Like I was seeing what was built here before and I was just a spectator and it was just strange. And I was like, oh, this is like, I'm traveling. Cool. Right, right. And then I went back home that Christmas and I'm like, oh, I'm back home. Great. Perfect. So I came back to Toronto and I'm like, okay, by, you know, the I think that I went through a little crisis because I'm like around the year mark. Cause I'm like, okay, no, wait a second. <clears throat> this is not like a trip anymore. Like, this is it. This is it. What? Yeah. And I was looking for something familiar to grab yeah, onto. Yeah. And when I couldn't find it, I started to to have anxiety. I developed anxiety here in Canada because of that and of in other things. And it's also like I, I'm here on my own. I have my aunt and my cousin, but they are also doing their thing. And then they were yeah. living in in another part of Canada at the time. Yeah. So um I had to find my identity and my place within this context. And so eventually what has happened is that when I go to Mexico, I feel like I'm going home, but also when I'm there and I'm on my way back to Toronto, I'm like, Oh, I want to go home. So it's just very strange. Like both of these places are home. One of those I didn't choose and the other I did. But both of them feel home to me now. Well, that's great. I mean, if you you can flip it that way, because my my default is like, I don't have a home. Fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) So if you can think, if you can think like I have two homes, it's fantastic. Congratulations. You've done it. You've done it. Um, but no, it's how you want to make it. And there, it takes effort, like everything else, right? It takes like the effort to actually be part of the community because, so I moved to Montreal to go to grad school. And I remember a professor uh, in Mexico, um, he had also done his uh, graduate degree elsewhere, not in Mexico. And he said, you know what, when you move out of here, if you go to another place expecting to have tacos for dinner every night, you're going to have a horrible time. Mm-hmm. So you have to, really like open yourself up and yeah. try to bring in whatever it's from from the local community to for you right so i think that's a big part of that that we resisted in a way there when i was mm-hmm. telling you that i was looking for something familiar mm-hmm. um that was part of the struggle i'm like yeah. i don't i don't see the streets the streets are not the streets that i used to see when i was growing up where are those and so eventually from Markham, I moved to downtown Toronto. And that time was really interesting because <laughs> I was working at OCAD and I used to live across from the AGO, like uh, like on the second floor from one of the galleries that are also there. So I, I think that something rubbed off right. from there. But uh, so anyway, when I was there, I started going to concerts and they were taking place in Fort York. And then I would go to the hospital to get checked for whatever. And then it was like two blocks to the left. And then I wanted, and then I started to feel like the city was shrinking and Mm -hmm. everything was happening 20 minutes around me. And I felt so claustrophobic 
to a way that it took me a while to get to the point of stop comparing. Mm -hmm. It's never going to be the way it was in Mexico. And Mm -hmm. you need to stop trying to find the comparisons because it's not going to happen. And so when I accepted that, I'm like, oh, this is actually cool. It's 20 minute walk from here. Amazing. Great. But it took me a whole year. And I think that when you translate that into the art world, um, I, I, back in Mexico, I never really went to galleries. Oh, wow. Yeah. Only until I was, you know, probably in university when I started to be more curious about it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so I don't know what's going on, but it's interesting. Let's find out. Yeah. I I am a little sad that I didn't dabble a little bit more and that I didn't dig into, you know, what was happening locally. But when I when I, now I think that I understand better what happens in the Toronto art landscape than in Mexico City. Although yeah. Mexico City is huge. Sure. Um, but I think that this sense of looking for identity is massive here. <laughs> yes. And I, I think that's a Canadian thing. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's a, uh, it was really interesting for me at the beginning when I moved here to ask people, where are you from? You know, it's like, or, you know, they would be talking about their, their backgrounds and they would say like, I'm 25% from Ireland and another twenty five percent from I don't know Syria I don't know something and you're like I think I'm a hundred percent Mexican and I'm pretty sure of that uh, and and that was an interesting realization for me that there was like a, a little bit of a, an identity crisis mm-hmm. um, or or that they're pretty you know proud of you know sharing that there's a little bit of that background as well that now if you want to dissect it like that yeah I mean even in Mexico right there's so many things. But mm-hmm. I never met anybody in Mexico to say like, oh, yeah, I'm 25% Spanish, right? Like, that's not the regular thing. Mm-hmm. Never. It was like 100% Mexican. And I think that, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, take it with a grain of salt. But I think that because that cultural identity, if anything, is actually very strong. It's just, yes, I'm Mexican, you know? I think that that allows for a different kind of experimentation. Mm. And so when you see influences from, you know, Berlin culture or maybe New York or maybe like you adapt some things and you Mexicanize them, you put the Mexican spin to it. But you, I, I think that it doesn't create a crisis like oh the 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 germans are trying to you know do this with my culture like if anything you just take the aspects that you like and you find interesting you remix them and then it's very diy very experimental and you're not afraid to combine cultures and i think it probably is rooted in that that you have a very i think a strong cultural um identity right and it is just something different here the approach is very different here i think so i think so but yeah go, going back to to what you're saying about the arts and in mexico mm-hmm. say exactly the same story for me i never really explore anything and i also wish i, I would have the closest i got to it it was uh, you know being part of a cinema club or something like that in university but never really the visual arts it was mm-hmm. only here. And I wonder, I mean, honestly, I wonder what that is. I wonder if it was the space wasn't available back then. You know, I was like too busy in university or trying to do things right, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never really had that entrance to it or that opportunity. I think it's just that it was not available. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. was not something that it was there for you to consume. Perhaps Were you in it was, Mexico City? 
No, and so I, I'm from Veracruz, ah, and then I moved okay. to Puebla to go to university. Okay. And so, same. I mean, community and, and the states and the city matters a lot because if there's not too much happening, I mean, Mexico City is the mecca of <laughs> art in Mexico, right? So it, it, it is not the same. However, if you have that sensibility, it's going to come out somehow, you know, mm -hmm. like you're going to find something. But that something has to be kind of like introduced somehow. I'm know? still intimidated by Mexico City's art scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so and fancy too sometimes. <laughs> yes, I think I think there's, yeah, you know, like <laughs> I roll my eyes because, you know, fancy, like quote unquote, mm -hmm. like for whom? I That's I what know. I mean. I, think... I mean, like it's just, it's meant to be like that. Is a like, why? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. I loved going to museums over there when I was, um, again, in university. When I was growing up, it felt like it was something that teachers would, you know, tell you, oh, you need to go see Goya at this museum because right. it's so amazing. And you would go and see, you know, like seven, eight-year-old, and you go to this museum and see people crying in terror because they're... <laughs> Super dark like, paintings. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, why am I doing this? Right. And uh, and my father, I think that I went to more museums and, and galleries with my father, but it was very random when that would mm. happen. And I was always like, why is this happening? Yeah. And my dad really wanted to be like, but look at the texture, look at the light. That's and I'm pretty sure yeah. he wasn't really trying or he wasn't really sure what was going on either, but he was curious. And sure. I appreciate that. Um, so eventually at some point when I, when I told you that I wanted to be a filmmaker, I'm like, oh yeah, I need to go see this. And when I would go to, to see, to, you know, to, to the Cinematheque, the Cineteca Nacional in Mexico. Uh -huh. And I was like, uh -huh. oh, this is different. Like it kind of opened a world to me. Yeah. And, and I started to be more curious about how people was looking at life and their perspectives. And right. even if I didn't understand them, I was curious about it. And I think that the best thing that ever happened to me and what really opened my eyes to art was a time when I went to New York, I went to the MoMA. And I remember that I saw this video installation of, and I have it very, very clear in my, in my, in my mind. There was a plinth, a white plinth, and there was a monitor on top of that plinth. There was a loop. And in the video, you would see a woman that was getting closer to the camera and then drinking milk from a carton of milk and then regurgitating that milk into the recipient and drinking it again. And she was doing that over and over and over and over. And I remember that I was in front of that work and I was like, okay, but why? Mm -hmm. And I talked to a friend that I mm -hmm. had met in one of my film workshops and I was like, but, but why? He's like, because she wanted to. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but what? But I just feel like it's like you. And he's like, but he, but she produced something in you. She provoked something in uh -huh. you. And that's great. Uh -huh. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, you don't have to like it. It, it can provoke other yeah. emotions. Yeah. It can anger you and it can make you feel conflicted. Yeah. And yeah. that is great. And that, like, I honestly feel the chills right now because that I really know. opened my I know. perspective. I'm, I'm like, feeling oh. it too. I'm feeling it too. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's crazy because, like, there are so many parallels between our experiences. Mm -hmm. I also felt the thing in, in at the MoMA with, like, in, I don't know, 2011 or 12, something like that. My first time going to New York and I went to MoMA and I saw a video of Francis Alice. And mm -hmm. I don't know if it had anything to do with the fact that the video was being done in Mexico. 
<laughs> Probably not. But he was pushing a huge block of ice through Mexico City. Period. And it was a revolution for me because he was like, what the hell? First of all, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, like you said, why? Like, mm -hmm. what is... And, and then I've been conditioned through my science background to understand things and to like have an answer in the end. I get like mm -hmm. a hard answer, right? And so this really opened so many possibilities in terms of like thinking, in terms mm -hmm. of like really expanding the possibilities of things in general, right? So it sounds pretty tacky, I know, and it sounds really um, cheesy, but it is true. I mean, like that, those, those moments happen. And I think to have that possibility, you need to be at the right place at the right moment. And maybe having the introduction, for instance, like what you're doing, for somebody to see your your blog and your your what you're producing and say like I'm gonna give this a chance, you know that's huge. I mean that can yeah. change somebody's life, you know. Yeah. So I think I think that's. Uh, I think mm -hmm. it's it's happened a couple of times, and not to give myself any credit of any sorts, but I, you know, like I said before, I I it's never been about oh Carla is doing this. It's about if anything, that's why I put this whole artifier in front right. of me because I'm like. If Artifier is saying it, it's not my opinion. It is something else, right? right? So, but eventually people started to know that I was behind it. And I think that I, I just feel more of a responsibility um, to not make it the Carla show, right? right. It is right. It is a project to serve a community. And mm -hmm. I just happen to be, mm -hmm. you know, behind it doing the hard work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And, and that's, that's very noble of you, for sure, to approach it that way. And I think probably there's a lot of value in that. Um, and so, you know, talking about the more, I guess, day-to-day -day aspects of it. So do mm -hmm. you get funding from somewhere or how does that work? No, I did try to go that route. Yeah. When, but, but I think that everything has happened very in a very organic way. Mm -hmm. And like I said before, I it was my blog yeah. that became this project. Right. So it was not like, oh, I need to go to the sharks or the dragons <laughs> and tell them, you know, fund me. Right. But I've done it. I've done those, you know, pitching situations and I've been accepted into some business incubators here in the city. And so it's it's been interesting. But when it comes to the arts, people, I don't know, it's really strange because People in general, like businessmen, they don't necessarily see the value to them. Like, like, where's my return of investment? And you're like, well, so they're like, okay, call me later. <laughs> and also with the arts, you know, the, the art councils and all of that, they are supporting artists who are producing work. Right. And so yeah. when you talk to them about a directory, they're like, nah, well, maybe not. Yeah. It's cool, but I'm not sure. So I've always fallen into this category where I qualify, you know, 70% and the other 30% is like no go. So at some point, I'm like, okay, my mission, and I've taken this as a personal mission, mm -hmm. is that I want to help make art more accessible. Yeah. So. If I'm not going to get the funding, that's not going to stop me. But that means that I'm just going to be like, well, you know what? I'm going to do it whatever way I want. Exactly. And I'm going to run wild. As well. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I've enjoyed the freedom that that gives, but I've also struggled with the, okay, how do I make this sustainable? That's right. And the very first iteration, it the whole idea was to have the gallery space, you know, like a, I would say like a membership, you know, so they could enter all the events that they wanted throughout the year instead mm-hmm. of paying per app as you would usually do. And I think the idea is good. I still think the idea is good, but I don't think that it was probably the right time to do it or the right approach or, you know, maybe it's a smaller community that doesn't really need it or, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that that is the way that could work because what's the name of this? Art Rabbit? I think they're doing something similar. Oh, yeah. I don't know. them. So... I I do think that that is the way to go because otherwise, if you don't give the galleries the access to the platform, then you have to do all the entries manually, and then that's a lot yeah. of work. Oh yeah. And so when you give them the access to that, they can update as often as they want or need, and upload their um, pictures and all of those things yeah. that are a lot of work yeah. to do otherwise. But then yeah. also, but then it also became this conversation of, oh, well, that would be just adding more to my workload. Why mm-hmm. wouldn't I just send you something and you would do it? And I'm like, okay. So I think that I still think the idea is good and would work, yeah. but probably the market isn't ready for that or it's not something. It is a difficult thing to crack because, yeah, you would mm-hmm. think that a membership type of, of thing would, would work with the galleries, perhaps, right? Like they, they would really contribute to something, but then you worry about the editorial aspect of it as well. That, mm-hmm. you know, they, I mean, people would naturally would try to ask for things that perhaps are not part of the agenda, right? Yeah. And I think I think that's a, that's a really um, important one to to consider for sure. And then and, also the mm-hmm. all the, what we were discussing, right? Like all the reputation aspect, like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, well, I'm paying, you know, I'm an artsy. Like, why am I going to be an artifier? And you're like, well, this is a different approach, but yeah. they're like, okay, I'll call you later. So I get it. Totally. I get it. But yeah. I, but again, like my, what's driving me, it's not the money making aspect. What drives me is the community aspect and the, the need to be part of the community, mm-hmm. to be part of the conversation and just mm-hmm. to amplify that yeah. what's yeah. going on. So right now what I'm doing and is, you know, I flipped the entire concept and I put a lot of thought into it because I wanted to to give myself more opportunities to do collaborations and to to have opportunities to have more partners in some way and be more creative, etc. Um, so I've opened the blog section for that matter because I want to also explore, um, you know, I want to have some sub themes and maybe talk about art travel and so eventually down the road maybe i can go to montreal and tell you what is Mm -hmm. going on in montreal right now and then i come back to toronto it is my my home base but it doesn't mean that i cannot talk about what's going on somewhere else for sure right for sure for sure and 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 it probably would open up other doors so i i do find a lot of creative freedom within the constraints of a blog yeah Um, so I want to go that route. And so I have the blog, but then I'm also opening the events section. Right. And the events section this time is going to be a free section. Okay. Because I think that it is important for the arts community to be able to put their, the events somewhere and to have them listed. 
And so that is something that I'm just going to be offering for free. And then I'm opening um, a call for submissions board, a call for entries, and that is going to uh, be a paid feature. Um, okay. And so combined with advertisements, potentially, then I, I hope to find the formula to make it sustainable. Not necessarily because I w- I want to get rich and you know whatever, but I do want to I do want to be able to think about this. I think about this in the morning, yeah. and I think about this throughout the day, and I think about this at night. And the fact that yeah. I don't have the bandwidth to do all the things that I would like to do is what stops me. So if I could just focus on this and 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 make it grow, I would be super happy. So I just need yeah, to find yeah. the formula to make that happen. That's so fantastic. And again, another parallel. Carla, I think we're the same person. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I, it happens like that to us as well because, you know, we, we support all the projects that are relating to the arts as well here. And the, the one thing that I've been a lot more interested lately is just, you know, how the economic system works mm-hmm. in general. So you, you mentioned the, the businessman uh, telling you that maybe later with your idea, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that is just simply because all of these um, initiatives do not really fall into the idea of capitalism, the mm-hmm. way that it is based now, all yes. our economy, right? So yep. it doesn't play there. It has to be in a different mindset. And, and the mindset that normally gets attributed to is something more like almost charitable, you know, almost like a mm-hmm. philanthropy type of thing. And it's not. I mean, you're generating value, maybe not economic value, but you're generating a lot of cultural value mm-hmm. that is necessary for a city or a community to thrive. Right. Yeah. And that's something that is completely ignored. And because that's our economy, that's how the system works. It's really simple to put those things aside and say, yeah, no, I don't think so. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. not going to give me my ROI, like you said, right? Like there's no return mm-hmm. of investment. So I think you know, it, it's, it will always be an issue as long as we are in this type of situation, right? In the system that is, it celebrates things that create monetary value and it does not celebrate anything that falls outside of that. And so in that sense, understanding that, for instance, for us, you know, we have made pieces with the fact that we're going to be doing this at the pace that we can. Of course, that ideas rush through our minds and we want to do so much more. And mm-hmm. we, we we are sure that we could do a lot more for the community, but we simply can't, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's the same thing of my a, a lot of my friends in Montreal that are artists and they have to work eight to five to be able to pay for their uh, studios. They need to pay for their materials. And the only way to do that is to have a job, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's that type of... Um, I don't want to say um, that we have kind of like given up to that idea, but it's like understanding that that's the plane that we're playing on. You know, yes. that, that's the that's the arena. Oh, I've had sometimes like when the first iteration of Artifier was kind of like, eh, not necessarily, you know, where I wanted it to be. I got depressed. Like I was seriously <laughs> depressed. And my family was like, what's going on? And I'm like, I don't know. Why am I being the hero? No one asked me to be. Why? <laughs> and it was it was tough. Right. And but eventually, you know, like I I I still think that what really drives me, like if anything, because of those moments, is that I am more confident that my mind and my heart are in the right place, which is I want to 
really help make art more accessible. And that Mm -hmm. is my motto. Mm -hmm. And everything that I'm doing or I'm thinking about can be, you know, that is is at the core of, of everything. Yeah. And if I can just get really, again, cheesy and Mm -hmm. philosophical, why? Why do you think that's so important? Hmm. (laughs) Because I think, how can I explain this? I think there are so many interesting ways to look at life that it would be very, you would miss many things like it is like when you read a book you read the thoughts of someone else right and you gain perspective and insights that you wouldn't probably could like within your lifetime so if you have the opportunity to look at life and and things through different perspectives it could only enrich your life and therefore you know make you a curious person and then I, i i don't know i think society needs more than just thinking about money mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. when you find that moment like when i was telling you about the plinth in new york yeah. and that changed me right i think that it is amazing when other people get to experience that and then you know be creating art is so hard not just because of the technicalities but because you're putting yourself out there like your fears and your desires and it's just like so raw yeah it's very it's very vulnerable for sure and and i agree with uh, your thoughts and i would just add that what happens through the arts it's so personal that it's mm-hmm. almost impossible to to share to describe like mm-hmm. you said an author is going to put their ideas in a book very clearly for you to consume. And yeah, maybe something is going to happen to you specifically, but the idea is very exact. It's mm-hmm. very precise what they wanted to share with you. In the arts, it could mean something completely different for mm-hmm. everybody, right? When you get exposed to a piece. There is a thing that I learned when when I was studying filmmaking and they were talking about the like how there's like four movies for each movie. So there's the movie that the screenwriter had in their head and then what the one that is in the script, the one that is, you know, produced and the one that you see. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it's it's, it's yeah. like that. So I feel like it's like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And and I think expressing that it, it gets really complex. I don't even know if you want to. I don't even know if you need to. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, share it in a way that somebody else can make sense of it. I mean, maybe but if it you is, want to. I think mm-hmm. that my, my, the way that I explain it, that it kind of like makes the most sense is that you understand music and you know the music that you like and the music you don't like. But that is because you've been exposed to lots of music throughout your right. lifetime. Right. Therefore, you know, like you like better these artists and not this other one and this genre instead of this other one. Right. And so you, with movies, is also the same, right? You know that you prefer thrillers or maybe you prefer comedies and maybe you hate action or whatever. But it's just because you've been exposed to it enough times that you've developed your taste, right? 
Yeah. You know what you like best. And with art is the same. I gravitate towards abstract, but I am also trying to learn about other things and stuff, yeah. right? So the more that you know, the more you're like, yeah, I don't like this one that much. I prefer this one. Or I really, you know, it's it's the same. It's just that no one has told you before that you could do it. It's like, I think they tell you, oh, it's hard and you have to like it and you don't have to, Definitely. right? You are allowed to say like, I prefer this one over this other one, or maybe this medium instead of this other one. Maybe I prefer new media because sculptures, you know, whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just developing your own taste as well. For sure. And that takes time and that takes energy mm -hmm. as well to like create your understanding of your own taste and your own sensibility. Right. So I yep. think, But we go back to say that if there are not opportunities for you to understand where things are happening, you like they go by above your head, right? Yeah. So again, I think that what you're doing is just so fantastic and congratulations. And I, for the whole city of Toronto, I am here to say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> exactly. So what's next? So the new version of the of the site is up, is running now? Yes, we, okay. re, we did a soft relaunch this week, mm -hmm. um, but we're going to be opening these other features that I've just explained, like throughout the following yeah. days, because it was okay. very important for me to just put it out there and right. perfect it, you know, later, but just put it out there and start getting... Uh, you know, the word out and then feedback. see, yeah, yeah. get mm -hmm. feedback. And then also mm -hmm. once you, once it's out there, it's a living thing. And that's before right. that is just something that's in your head. Yeah. So yeah, I'm less intimidated by the concept of perfection than I was before. That's great. So, that's great. I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't have to, you know, yeah. it can, it can evolve. So definitely. And uh, I'm sure that we're going to be using it. That's for sure. You know, we, we regularly so, yeah. use, um, Canadian art, the agenda uh, tool. Mm -hmm. So we're going to make sure to use um, Artifier as well. Thank you. Yeah, no, no. Mm -hmm. Canadian arts agenda is really, really, really great. But yeah. again, it's, I think the people who are really into the arts, they know That's they right. can go there and then they see it. Yeah. And, and I, a long time ago, I kind of accepted that this is a different public, a different target and that's fine. Right. So I am very happy being the, The door that is just like oh I'm curious I want to see what's going on yeah and then if you really want to know about art you can go to Canadian Art you can go to these other you know magazines and publications to talk about you know art criticism more generally but I want to be an easy dive into art world yeah it's daunting sometimes you are committed you know what you want to find you want yeah. to go through the criticism and it's super important yeah it's super important yeah But probably once you really want to understand a little bit more. So I'm just, right. I just, I just want to be the, the curiosity, you know, aspect and be like, okay, did you know about this one? Okay. If you want to know more about this one, you can go here. The entryway. Something, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. So I wish you the best. I think, Thank um, you. you know, this, again, this, what you're doing is so great for the community and um, yeah, this is fantastic. It's been Awesome chatting with you. Thank you so much. It's been great. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, is there is there anything that uh, we're leaving aside of the conversation? Uh, not really. I, yeah. I am very happy that we talked about all the things we talked. Like, I am very happy 
that we had the opportunity to touch back on, you know, what was life in Mexico City and then what is here and, and find all the similarities. Yeah, well, I think I think that's uh, it, it's just so great when there's a shared experience, right? So it's mm-hmm. and you you a lot of the times it's hard. It's hard to find that specific sensibility, even if you talk to another immigrant mm-hmm. that doesn't share your background. Yeah, there are some commonalities, but nothing like talking to a person that comes from the same place. Right. So it's like mm-hmm. you understand exactly why I look back when I walk at night. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah, no, nobody else would. So it's um, it it's been great. It's been uh, I feel like it's been like a a, a personal therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I I I think the last thing that I would like to say is that I am really humbled by the and, and amazed at how the arts community in Toronto is. Like I mm-hmm. think it is a very supportive community. Maybe because it is a small community. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've seen artists going to other artists' shows and opening shows and really supporting each other. I think that is amazing. I'm really, really, you know, surprised and, and happy to to be part of it, even if it's just like seeing it and looking at it. I'm like, this is so cool. That is fantastic. You know, we've been here only for a year and something and uh, through the pandemic, basically. And mm-hmm. so it, it's just not been easy for us to to explore the art community. And I am hoping for that opportunity for sure, because I know that is a great community, too. It is. It is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But thank you for all those uh, closing thoughts. And again, I appreciate your time. And thank you for sharing all things uh, Carla Rojas with us. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me here. Of course. Muchas gracias. Pues cuídate mucho. Gracias por la invitación. Igual. Nos hablamos pronto. Seguro. Okay. Cuídate. Bye bye. Bye. Okay. That was my conversation with Carla. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. So original music was done by Arcadia Lands, as well as the mixing of this episode. Um, the visual design that you can see on Instagram and on Facebook is done by Victor Garibay. Gary. And I am the host, Marks, and we'll be back soon with another episode about contemporary arts in Canada and the world. All right. Take it easy and be safe. Cheers. Cheers.